Welcome back to the Breakthrough Freelancer podcast. Uh, today's guest has had a remarkable 30-year career. He may dispute that. Maybe it's closer to 25. Spent almost 18 years at Coca-Cola, uh, senior roles in sales and marketing. Started and sold a cloud consulting business, I believe, back in 2019. Author of the book, Build, Live, Give. Host of the popular Accelerate Your Sales or Accelerate Sales podcast. Founder of Paul Higgins Mentoring, and now the community owner of Cloud Consultant Collective. <laughs> Paul, welcome to the podcast. Did I miss anything? I know I abbreviated no, that super you, quick. You covered it well, Brett. No, uh, great to be here. Awesome. All the way from Australia. And, you know, one of the things I love your journey because I think it's kind of a blueprint for folks like me that had a corporate career. So I'm like, who better? to have on the podcast to kind of talk about their journey. Yeah, well, look, the great thing with the Coke company is, and I worked, there's the Coke company and then there's the bottlers that, Coke company does all the branding and marketing and let's say the bottlers do everyone else. And I was sort of like in between both worlds. My last job was actually with one of the bottlers and, and I'd always wanted to run my own business and I'd got to a, you know, a directorship, which was, which was great, uh, but, I had two things. One is I wanted to start my own business. The second is that my health was just starting to deteriorate. I got a condition called polycystic kidney disease and it's basically just leads to kidney failure. And my nephrologist or my specialist said, look, really this flying, this pressure, you know, your, your numbers just keep coming down. So why don't you try to do something different, a lifestyle change to see if that really helps. So that was sort of the catalyst for me to leave in 2011. So when I first left, I did some freelancing for a company called uh, Franklin Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You might be familiar with that. So I did that and then I, and I did some executive coaching and went and got, got a coaching degree. And I realized that a lot of the, the opportunities I was working with, with people that were in corporate, but some of the stuff that I faced and I, I thought, well, if I couldn't solve it when I was in corporate, can I really give advice to people that are facing it now when I'm not in corporate? So in short, that's when I went into small businesses and uh, I started a couple of small businesses. Uh, one was a, um, I was sort of doing mentoring of business owners and they had two real problems. One I could see is that they didn't have enough time. I, they, you know, they just needed more help. So I set up a VA company. And then the other is that to have the VA company and to be able to relate to that properly, they needed the technology. So if they're going to have people say, you know, in other countries of the world that were helping them, they needed the technology to, to help make that efficient. So they're the two companies that I sort of set up. And long story short, I basically, you know, closed down the VA company and then just did the tech company only uh, until we sold it. Interesting. And at, at that point, right, your your career was corporate. So how did you, was it just by gut? Did you have some some mentors or some coaches that helped you through that process? Or was it you just kind of figured it out as you went along? Well, I was lucky that a lot of the, the customers for Coca-Cola were small business owners, right? And okay. some of them very entrepreneurial. So it worked twofold, right? I always asked them about their business and I wanted to understand it really well, which helped me fit you know our little part of the world which was soft drinks into their business so so that was great but it was also i wanted it for my own benefit and i went on a couple of advisory boards 
the small businesses, which was great. Uh, so, I, you know, I got as much and then I studied and learnt and listened to podcasts and all of that, mainly to books, to be honest, back then. But Yeah. And and then when I left, I actually, yeah, got a small business coach who all he did was coach small business owners because I knew that, you know, once you're indoctrinated in a system for 18 years, less, yes, you know what it's like on the other side because you've got clients like that, but I'd never actually been on that side. So, uh, yeah, he was really good in trying to shake some of the corporate BS out of me to uh, to get to the more <laughs> fundamentals of running your own business. You know, you say that, but it's so true because before I moved back into the the small business or startup space about three years ago, I left management consulting and really had to shake the way – you know, everything's three levels deep and super detailed, and that just wasn't solving the problem for these businesses, and it wasn't speaking their language, and it was almost having to relearn, right, how to communicate. Yeah, and you're doing a lot of things for the first time, like, you know, you know, in Coca-Cola, I'd, you know, I used to chase up a large account, but I'd never, you know, send an invoice. I'd never work out right. what company structure I should have. I never worked out how to set up bank accounts and if you're in multiple currencies. And there's just all these firsts that came along that, you know, you just don't learn in corporate that you had to learn pretty quickly in your own business. So how long did you run the the consulting business for then? Yeah. So look, to be honest, I, I've sort of never stopped consulting. It's just that the... Subsidiary companies that sort of fed. If you think about it, my main client has always been coaching small business owners in some capacity. And then the byproduct of that was a VA company and technology to support them. And so we really started the technology company in earnest in about 2013. Okay. Uh, so we had good six years of that, but we had, um, we had two classic story so one was you know picked we thought we'd pick the right racehorse i.e the right platform and then someone bought that company and it didn't work out and then we picked the right platforms the second time round. so yeah and maybe expand on that because i do know a little bit of the backstory so you when you say platform it was a uh, for example, if we were losing like Splunk or Salesforce.com, you were supporting one of those platforms and you thought one was going to grow and it didn't. Is it, Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, yeah. So so it was called Podio, P-O-D-I-O. And think about it if if people, are for, if you're familiar with, you know, Airtable or a program like that. So it was a project management database software. It was good. And then, yeah, a large, well, one of the largest tech companies in the world bought it and then that as soon as they bought it, I could see the writing on the wall from some of my Coke days where they just didn't know what to do with it. So the grand ambition, once they bought it, it's like now we just don't have the capacity or it's an opportunity cost to grow it. So I could just see it sort of just staying flat. There was going to be no development, no research. So, yeah, we pulled out of that in uh, 2016. Oh, that's smart. So you're right. I think you can build a really nice solo business, freelance business, as long as that platform continues to grow or if it's if it's going to be around for a while. So it's, you know, that you guys caught that early was, uh, was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, shocked my business partner because we'd built a good team of developers in 
the Philippines and everything was looking great. And I just called him up and said, we've got to exit this. And he's like, what do you mean? We've just taken all this time to build it. So, <laughs> you know, it, it was yeah. a good time, but we probably, you know, if we had a chance as a gain, we should have listened because there was one coach I had that said, look, there's risk all around this platform. It's very competitive. You know, he went through all the lists of why we shouldn't be with that partner. I sort of ignored that for 12 months and that was definitely to our detriment. Yeah, but again, better late than never and you made the right call and we're obviously able to to build and, and exit it. And, and that's really where I wanted to kind of focus today because a lot of the audience is, you know, a corporate escapee, right? We spend a lot of time in corporate, in our case, corporate America, but in the corporate world and you just get burned out, right? You're tired. You want to, you know, control your own destiny for a lot of the reasons. And most of us do have some expertise in different areas and it may be a software, it may be in a function like marketing or sales. And what we're trying to do is think about how to turn that into not just a, a business, because I think one of the, the biggest things I see folks hesitating to leave corporate is, well, I don't want to build the next Microsoft or Google or a big company. I don't think folks realize that there is a an opportunity and probably never been a better time to start a more solo expertise. Kind of curious of your perspective of that. Yeah, no, look, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, I think for me, originally I had really high aspirations when I left. And then through one of the mentors that I had, he did a lot of work in Silicon Valley, set up startup communities around the world. And he said, you know, like, you just got to make choices, right? So what are your values in life? What are you doing? I said, you know, my family's number one, my health number two, et cetera. He's like, well, that's not really congruent with building a unicorn, right? Um, you know, you've got to absolutely, you know, sacrifice everything to do this. And I said, well, I'm not willing to do that. He said, well, let's reframe what you are willing to do. And that's where it came to effectively. Um, being, you know, a consulting business and the consulting business was very solid. Like if, if you have, if you get your sales and marketing right and you streamline your delivery, you can make good money. You know, I've, I used to mentor people that were, you know, sort of top line making a million dollars a year. They were probably pulling out a half a million dollars a year. Tax in your own businesses typically depends on your structure and where you're listening to, where right. you're listening from. You can be pretty tax effective and, you know, that's, yeah, that's a hell of a lot of work you got to do in corporate to make that sort of money. So, you know, if you're sitting here listening and thinking, oh, I'd like to leave corporate, but I don't know if financially will be worth it. I, if you do it right, it's it's definitely worth it. But the most important thing is you get your freedom. Like, you know, you just think how many birthdays you might have missed, how many anniversaries, just run through the list. The great thing is when you run your own business, you never miss any of those. Right. No, it's such a good point. And that's one of the things I've been, you know, talking a lot more about is kind of the the three F ratio, right? Flexibility, freedom, and financial independence. And and you got to do what's right for you. And what is that balance that you're looking for? Yeah. And if you've, you know, you think a million dollars, right? Let's call it, well, it's 83,000 a month round numbers, right? And you mightn't right. work all 10 months of the year, but let's just keep it simple. It's 80, right? In most cases, yeah. that could be either 10 clients or eight clients uh, a month to, to reach that. Yes, it sounds difficult to begin with. And certainly if you're trying to do it 
with no experience and no help, I think that's, you know, you'll, you'll get there, but it'll take you a lot longer. But if you get the right advice and the right support at the right time, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's very, um, very doable. And you'll work harder in your own business than you've ever worked ever before. But I do think you'll also get more personal enjoyment than you've uh, ever had before. Yeah, no, I agreed. I think you'll actually enjoy it because you're working for yourself, right? And I, th- I think that's part of where some of the challenges, right? When folks leave corporate and they start trading the time for money and all of a sudden they're working more hours and they're making less money and they're paying taxes because they didn't see the the bigger picture of, of how to you know, kind of approach it. And that's what I like what you've done with your model. You had the consulting business, but then since then, obviously you wrote a book, you've got a podcast, you've got a mentoring business, and now you've started a collective or a uh, community that, that you're in ownership of. And I think that's the other part that we we don't see enough of is the different revenue streams that are out there. You know, it's hard sometimes to see the wood from the trees and you know i've definitely been guilty of this where the business model itself is not that complicated right so someone can tell you in a half an hour how you should run the business model but it's unfortunately it's us as in me gets in the road of actually doing that right so you hang on to the fact that you can't lift prices you hang on to the fact that you know, you can't do group or, you know, multiple people at once. You, you know, you, you hang on to all these beliefs that are, you know, often driven by the fear of the change and you hang on to those. So, you know, to me, if you are a little further down the, the track and you're listening to this, it's if someone's told you to, you know, some really good advice and you've sort of fought it, the more you've fought it, I think that's a really good sign that's probably where you need to go towards and, you know, most businesses, like my business, you know, if the absolute worst came to about, um, you know, it's it's pretty easy to, to close down, right? I don't have any capital. I've got staff that I love, but I'd make sure that I find them different jobs. It's not uh, impossible to change the business model. So if someone is giving you that advice, because the better the business model, the easier it is, you know, it sort of flows. I always look at optimize business model first, then you build the sales and engine, sales and marketing engine, and then then you build the team. So it sort of flows in that way. But I think what a lot of people do is go the, the opposite and that's where they get bitten. So they're working harder rather than smarter. And, and some of the, the, the really bad advice, at least in my opinion, is you have to go all in on one thing and, you know, bet the farm on it. And if it doesn't work, right, there's no turning back. And I, I, I don't know. I'm a bigger believer in making some smaller bets. I mean, I, you can't be chasing shiny objects all the time, but um, place a number of smaller bets, see where you get the traction, see what you like to do and, you know, potentially see where the, the business goes from there versus, you know, the, the all or nothing. And it sounds like you were never an all or nothing guy, but maybe I'm wrong. No, no. Look, I, I must admit, you know, some people say, I love how you pivot. I probably pivoted too much, right? But, yeah, I wasn't someone that held a belief for too long. So I went hard at something. But if it didn't work, I sort of made sure that I changed it because ultimately if something's not working, you've really only got yourself to blame if you continue it, right? You know, And it's the hardest thing. The hardest thing is like how long do I hold on to something because is it just going to turn the corner or is it going to not? And, you know, I think you got to – 
collect data and really be honest with yourself. And I used to just put a peg in the sand and say, okay, I'll give this three months. If I'm not seeing these key indicators move in three months, I'm going to change it up. And I think you've got to challenge yourself to that because tenacity for me is one of my greatest strengths. Overplayed means that I'll just, you know, be a dog with a bone and never let it go. So you've got to set some guidelines in place. And that's why I've always had someone mentor me because it's hard to see the label of the jar from the inside, right? So I think it's good to have someone to pull you out of your current environment and get you to think differently around your, your business and your business model. Part of that is the the planning process too. There's so many folks don't even have, I want to say plan, you got to have a goal <laughs> first. What do you want to get to it? And it can change over time, but it's amazing the number of people that say, hey, I'm going to start, I just want to replace my income. Great first step, but unless you set some different targets, like again, a million is a little arbitrary, but I think it's a good target say, that's what I want with this business, but I want to take every Thursday off to do this. Um, do you find a lot of the folks, and I know you do still a lot of mentoring and consulting, do you find a lot of the folks do have these goals or are they winging it day by day? Yeah, look, I'd say more people are just that busy. Yeah. That, you know, they don't mean to wing it. They want to plan, but it's sort of like life just – you know, takes a Gets yeah, takes a pace that they <laughs> they all of a sudden become overwhelmed. Because with your own business, you can think about it twenty four seven, right? Because right. it's you. If it's not successful, and especially if you leave corporate, where all you've, you know, for me when I left in two thousand eleven, everyone thought I was crazy. They, they, my friends still call me fully retired. Oh, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> right? Yeah, he doesn't yeah. work at all. He sits in his tracks in his track pants at home and well, we've got no idea what he does, right? And COVID has sort of helped with them better understand it, but they still don't 100% get it. So you're going to get a lot of people that are sort of, they want to be supportive, but unfortunately some, they're not brave enough to make the move. So it's easier then to criticise when you do, right? Uh, that that won't work. And they're sort of wishing that it doesn't work. So then they take the, the pressure off themselves that they don't have to go and make the jump. Yeah, like, some of you might be listening and thinking, God, is it too hard? I, there's There's been points where I wanted to give up, right, i.e. the model I had, but at no point did I ever want to go back to corporate. That's just my personal experience. I never wanted to go back and work for someone again. And again, if you love your corporate job, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast, but I'm with you. There's just it, – it paid some benefits for me. It taught me some things, but it also taught me that balance, right? Backs to the, the flexibility and freedom and financial. Right? And people do think you're crazy and people say, oh, you have a podcast? <laughs> Does that pay you anything? Well, I mean, it's 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 part of the the bigger structure. So you're, you're right. There's definitely the doubters, which is part of, you know, that, that mindset of make sure you sound, at least surround yourself with a few folks that are, are going to be supportive and maybe challenge what you're doing, but it's really tough to do this alone, right? Yeah. And that's why I love running communities, you know, of, you know, the cloud consultants community, it's for people that sell software. Uh, so they consult and then implement software is the simplest way. And they make tech work and, you know, it is quite unique, but it's not unique when there's 59,000 of them around the world, but they all think they're unique and they all think that they need to do it their way, which I was one of them, right? So I was definitely in that too. But yeah, if you can join a community that really supports you, well, then it just makes it so much easier. And, and 
you know, what's one action you could take from today? I think the biggest action you could take is get alignment with your partner. So when I say partner, it could be partner in life as, is the most uh, predominant one. And, and really, it doesn't matter what you do per se, as much as the fact that you're in alignment with the people that you love the most. Because when things get really hard and things get difficult, you know, there's nothing worse than, hey, well, you went and did this and you didn't consult on me, consult with me, and now it's ended in this. Or what I did was even worse is promise the world and under-delivered, right? So, you know, I think if you get that alignment and you got someone who really supports you and has your back, that that's incredibly powerful as you go into this. Because for me, my wife stayed in corporate and I would love for her not to walk work in corporate but you know sometimes my income's not at that level that she's comfortable to leave and that's a bit of her personality so we agreed to that and that's what she wants to do but she's been hugely supportive like without her there's no way I could have done this so um, I think you know if that's one action take that is get alignment with your partner or you know whoever it is that's ultimately supporting you it'll bite you if you go and do something and then ask for forgiveness later. Yeah, no, I think that's that's such good advice. And it's funny you said that, yeah, promise or over-promise and under-deliver. And when I started this journey three years ago, that was exactly what the case. Well, I, it wasn't intentional, right? Because I did have every intention and the aspirations. And, you know, it just took a little longer to get going. But again, as long as you're aligned on what you're trying to get to, and I think that's kind of the the point, man, is have a plan or at least have a goal, then you can work with the plan and then work backwards from it. So any thoughts to folks, let's target folks now that are still in corporate that do have some skills, tired of working for the man and ready to go. Any any advice how to kind of approach that? And, and would you recommend doing this side hustle, finding some customers, um, then ultimately transitioning out of it? Yeah, so for me and for most people, your network is what's going to provide you the most value. So, you know, make sure that you're, you know, really aware of what your network and what opportunities, what problems they've got and you could potentially solve. So ideally you would take, you know, uh, even with your current employer, you might be able to do your job three days a week as a contractor rather than a full time, which saves them money, gives you the flexibility, and then you can sort of build it from there. So if you can leverage your network to get work before you leave, I think that's a great scenario. I didn't do that. I had to sort of beg my network once I'd already got out, which made it a bit harder. So that'd be definitely something. Uh, the, The biggest thing is an offer that converts, right, in any business. So, you know, just get, you know, really listen to who you think your ideal client is and really listen to the opportunities they've got and do that. So many times, and I did it, was I'd build a product and then try to sell it, and that's really difficult. So, you know, I recommend doing it the other way, which is really listening to people, working out a need, and it might be something that you never thought you'd do, right? But if you can get traction with that, that's going to really help you to get momentum in your business. So don't be too proud of your own ideas. I suppose that's the the second one. So one network, two, don't be proud of your own ideas. And the third is, you know, invest in yourself by getting someone that's walked in your shoes so that they can help you avoid some of the pitholes. I, I think the analogy I use is a, a highway or a freeway. 
that you know you want to go that down that to get to your end destination as quick as possible but there are so many detours there's so many potholes there's so many yes, things that you yes, could get yes. lost in you know you, yeah it's it's they're endless right and we've all done them hide the wrong person hide the wrong supplier been burnt by expert you know there's a whole myriad of things so if you can get some guidance so number one network number two an offer that converts and then number three is is get that support yes 100 percent. and paul one of these that and i may have if you'd be so kind to come back again i'd love to get more into some of the models that you're doing with the, the community and some other ones but i think this from a launch pad right so if you're thinking about it you're still in corporate you want to get out you know i think you know connect with Paul, find his story. His, his podcast is, is fantastic. I listen every week. Um, you may actually see some similarities. And I told him when we were off the air that he was with the inspiration for my podcast. So, um, he's been somebody that I've, I've looked at, but, but I think you do so much giving for your audience and, and learning that it's a great starting point, but you know, there may be a part two of this if you're willing to come back to dig deeper into some of the different revenue streams and business models that are available for folks that are maybe down the path that are a little bit stuck and can't get out of the circle that they're in right now. Yeah, sure. And look, there's, you mentioned it once again, which I appreciate is um, Build, Live, Give was basically a book that I wrote based off my journey of moving from a corporate to a freelance or consultant, whatever you want to call it. So I think, you know, that it's on Amazon. So uh, go and have a look at that. It's the audio book as well. So you can find it on Audible. And the other thing is of just on a business blueprint, it might be, you know, if you already got a business and you're looking for, well, what are the, you know, what are the steps that I need to put in place just from my own experience of my 11 years? I've got something called the Scaling Blueprint. And it, yes, it's for cloud businesses, but it you know, could apply to any B2B service business. And that's at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash blueprint. Yeah, and thank you for that, Paul. Yeah, I mean, again, your content, I know you're you're focused on that 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 niche or that vertical, but your content applies to basically my entire audience. So I would highly encourage you to go check it out. The book is phenomenal. You know, Paul is a great follow on on social. So Paul, I, I really appreciate you spending some time. Any any last thoughts for the uh the listeners before we My last thought is remember that you've only got to have more information than the person you're helping right so if problem someone's got a problem and they haven't been able to solve it you don't have to be the best in the world to solve it you just got to be better at what they're doing by themselves to solve it and we'll all doubt ourselves i doubt myself everybody does but i think that i heard on a podcast once and i've held true to that right because everyone starts from now, I started 11 years ago not knowing anything, right? I've built it up over 11 years. So if you're just starting now, just trust the fact that if you learn, you dedicate yourself to learning, you've only got to know more than the client at that given time that can't solve the problem themselves. And that'll take a lot of pressure off you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. And if you're looking for golf lessons, which we talked about offline, he's your guy as well. So <laughs> I can point you to many good coaches. <laughs> Paul, thanks again for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Brett. <laughs>